Hi, I'm Melinda. And I'm Raphael. And we're the Colognes. We are a married couple running a successful professional services marketing agency that is focused on providing support services to AEC and CRE firms. We're excited to now be expanding our ability to connect with marketing and business development leaders through this podcast. Our mission is to provide as much value as we can and offer our suggestions on relevant tools and resources. Join us where we'll interview experts, cover solutions to your marketing challenges, and share our take on how to combat bottlenecks in your marketing efforts. Sprinkled with some laughs and some and good, good, clean, clean fun. fun. <laughs> And we're happy to be with you today to talk about IIJA, IJA, or the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, which was signed into law in November 2021, in which we will be rolled out in the next five years. Mm -hmm. This is a $550 billion just investment in America and its mm -hmm. infrastructure and its roads. And yeah. um, it. It deals with a lot of things. So I have here um, a couple of examples about where the money is going, at least in a general sense, and what it entails. And I think it's a good overview for those who are unfamiliar with it. I think most people are familiar with the bill, but maybe not exactly what it's going to at least propose uh, to fix or enhance. Mm -hmm. um, so I have here uh, roads, bridges, and major projects, um, $110 billion, um, passenger and freight trail. Mm -hmm. That's rail, not trail, uh, for $66 billion. Safety, which that's it really includes safe streets programs, highway and pedestrian safety programs, and this is for $11 billion for public transit, um, $39.2 billion. And this is, I have here further notes from the DOT or Department of Transportation that um, it will um, affect buses, rail cars, stations, and just putting public transit um, into the modern age or, yeah. or fix some backlog things, which is uh, very important. Broadband for $65 billion. One would think it's not directly tied to the AEC industry, but who's going to build? Infrastructure. Of those computers, what it calls mainframes are stored and all that with the temperature Data control. Centers. Data centers. That's yes. the word I was looking for. So yes, so it, it does have to do with that. So broadband for $65 billion, very important. Just uh, access. Um, if you look at the map of America, a lot of rural areas and other hard to reach areas don't have that. So I think it's an important investment. Moving on, we have ports and waterways mm -hmm. for $17.3 billion. Next is airports for $25 billion. And we have here that uh, improves program for runways, gates, and taxiways. Yeah. Maybe making our, those flights uh, quicker, who knows, or making things more streamlined um, so things can connect better and just uh, have a better, pleasant, more pleasant experience as we travel the friendly skies. All right, moving on, we have water infrastructure uh, for $55 billion. Um, we also This also includes uh, by uh, drinking water and wastewater acts. So I think improving just access to just better plumbing and things mm -hmm. of that nature. And we have here power and grid for $73 billion. And I think this is a very important aspect in terms of uh, energy and how we get it. So, um, and it also includes not just focus on the fossil fuels or coal, but also clean energy as well. And we have uh, resiliency management, which has to do with cybersecurity for $46 billion. And lastly, we have low carbon and zero emission for school buses and ferries for $7.5 billion. 
um, be more green in terms of their vehicles. And I think it's a worthwhile goal. Yeah, it's it's all about the infrastructure. I feel like it's um, definitely IJA is something that I don't think I was expecting in our lifetime to see this bill be passed um, so swiftly and with a big ticket on it. Um, but it's definitely necessary and it's definitely something that we need. And I'm not sure how it's going to affect or impact our the retail market or the commercial world outside of, you know, bringing jobs to the the construction industry. We do want to focus on that. But like for our clients who are in the commercial real estate who are looking at it and saying, okay, we're not the ones that are designing and building these bridges, but we're the ones that are buying the properties or investing in these properties or um, insuring these properties that are near or on um, these major in- intersections. How does that impact us? How does it impact the real estate market? And that is a question that I don't feel, you know, we're ready to talk about, but definitely a question that we need to start thinking about how we're going to answer it, how we're going to support, you know, just regular people who are, you know, just trying to get into investments, trying to understand um, the commercial real estate market from that lens. You know, retail is is obviously a one of those markets that has, um, had to pivot significantly hospitality, the same thing, um, during the pan- pandemic. And it's just not what it was before it is. It needs to take a, a completely different form. So even though we're just, you know, we're focusing on the infrastructure and even though we're talking about dollars and cents and at the end of the day, these are great opportunities for our clients, our architect engineering construction clients to really put our, put themselves ahead of their competition it is also something like how does this impact the market um at the end of the day and then on the other side we have to think about i mean the pandemic also affected us in terms of materials how do we get materials here how do we make sure that you know we have everything we need to build or design these roads and bridges or to work on the 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 infrastructure systems like you know public transportation or ports and highways waterways airports very important airports water infrastructure uh, power and grid which obviously we have previous examples of what happened in texas and their and the freeze that came by a year or two ago Mm -hmm. that they weren't prepared for you know it being texas but something that's um Mm -hmm. caught them off guard and so um having a more resilient and an efficient um, system. So it's, mm-hmm. it's very uh, robust in that sense. Yeah, it is. And I think that, you know, the reason why we wanted to talk about this topic specifically is IJA is, is definitely going to impact our industry as a whole. It's going to impact everybody, uh, regardless if you're American or not. It's, it's a huge bill. Um, it, it's definitely directly tied to the American dollar and, and the value of it. But I, you know, just, Kind of plainly, I think we just want to start having those conversations with our, you know, our partners and our clients and our team members and just saying, hey, this is something that we want to prepare for. So what does that look like? So, well, we want to kind of transition since you probably have already heard, you know, just all of the data, the stats, the information on, you know, what the IJA is. And then Rafael just reported on the highlight highlighted bullets, which is really how at the end of the day, the numbers are going to really drive down to us. 
what what does that mean in terms of workload? You know, for the regular marketer or the business developer, what does that mean? Well, talking to a conference that we went to recently, it seems like everybody's anticipating it's pricing themselves, or at least uh, they're talking about it, uh, bracing themselves about what's upcoming in terms of the workload that's down the pipeline. Yeah, just last week. So it's like, it's right there in our face. And, um, you know, we could see the avalanche coming and we're just like, how do we prepare for this? <laughs> um, it's kind of like, I want to help, you know, I want to help people as much as possible to prepare. And how do we prepare for something you just don't see or know? you know, um, of, and it's really, it comes down to the planning. It's a pre-planning. It's the planning before you, it's a planning of planning. It's the planning to plan, you know, um, it's the planning to plan It's the pre-planning. And so what I would suggest or, or recommend for, you know, marketing professionals and business developers is, Hey, you know what, you know, these, this, this money is starting to trickle down. You know, that this money is going to impact your local community. This is the time to, you know, if you have a list of contacts that you have been meaning to reach out to, or you haven't been to um, a community event in a while, or you haven't been to a bid opening in a while and shake hands and connect with people and pass out business cards, because they're all concerned about it too. The clients as well, they're concerned about it too, because they're like, how do we maintain this budget, they have to spend the money, they're required to spend the money. And even though that sounds a lot easier than we would think, um, because, you know, if we had a pile of money, if, if Raphael gave me a pile of money, like, you know, <laughs> like $10,000, he said, okay, honey, go ahead and spend this. By the end of the day, um, I'd be like, okay, so what the heck am I going to buy? Um, and how am I going to value this? And how am I going to, you know, maintain this? Or does this work for me? And I have to, if it's clothes, I have to try on the clothes. If it's shoes, I got to try on all the shoes. If, I mean, it can't be, you know, it could be a down payment on the car, but it's still valued. The still value that I have to pay on. So it's got to be something within the $10,000 to pay it on in one day. So think of it in a smaller sense like that. Now, when you understand the concept, now put it in you put yourself in your client's shoes. The city of Orlando or the city of Atlanta, what are their what are their concerns? You know, how are they going to experience this and it's how is it going to impact them? They're already experiencing the same play shortages as we are. So how are they going to get the RFPs out to us? Are they going to be, you know, thoughtfully written RFPs and you know is there going to be real decisions behind them is it going to be a longer dash rush a longer solicitation process and you know what is that going to look like for them and you know these are questions that you can start asking them I mean this is how you build those relationships with with them and really get noticed by um as someone who really cares about the situation outside of winning the job because this is really about building those relationships um because you as you know people move around from municipal city county to whatever and you want to keep track of them because they know you know they usually you know work within circles they know everybody and and they can connect you with the right people to that make the right decisions so here at fortis OBM, we're preparing we're building our team we've just added another graphic designer and a copywriter so our team is growing significantly to support our clients who need that extended marketing department 
and we're ready. We're ready to go. We're ready to be deployed. But now we start to proactively have these discussions with our clients to say, okay, these, this is some material that you can start thinking about developing. Maybe it's, um, you know, like stats graphics on the different uh, markets that you focus on. If you're focused on water engineering, then, hey, let's start talking about creating graphics for water engineering. Um, if you haven't really done that, environmental, same thing, roads, bridges, everything that's in this bill. If you can identify um, similar relationships, start building that list of stats, project sheets, um, team members. If you have a list of team or senior, seniority is going to be key, especially when you're coming up against your competition. Differentiating is number, but second to that is team. So second to that is making sure that the project manager has worked with the superintendent or the principal designer has worked with the associates. So this is really important um, in order to really stand out because if your go, no go process is not in line for the project, it's going to be a cost for money in terms of overhead, but it's just energy that you don't need to focus on because there will definitely be opportunity for you to bid on. Let's just, you know, take an opportunity to think about how can we prepare for this? It's, is there wish list items that we could, um, as the summer is coming up, that we can start to um, delegate to, you know, a third party consultant or something like that. Project sheets that need to be cleaned up. Maybe you want to reorganize your project sheets in terms of challenges that you've um, challenged. Maybe this is a time to get some testimonials, get the reference contact information updated because we all know when those those RFPs start dropping and we start, you know, issuing SF330s, we had those gathered materials ready to go um, or as close as possible, further closer to perfect. Hey, you know, that's one less thing you have to worry about. It's asking for help and reaching out to, you know, folks like us, or if you have internal team members who just joined your team and they're ready to, you know, get engulfed into all things in design, maybe this is what they focus on creating project sheets in SF330 form, creating resumes in the SF330 form. Um, and then from there, you can just modify the, you know, the tables in InDesign to just work with, um, to, you know, to organize and based on the actual opportunity so that it's best fits that most similar work um, in comparison. So I feel like that's really helpful, right? I mean, that's a, you know, we're talking about IJA. This is coming. Okay. This avalanche is coming. Are we going to duck? Are we going to just stand there and watch it come? Or are we're we going to flow be... with it and exactly ride that snow wave? Exactly. So, um, so this is, this is what it's about. And if we start preparing for it now, um, and start doing what we need to, to really have internal conversations with our leadership, with our subject matter experts, um, about what we need to be doing to prepare for this. This is what it's about. It's about building relationships, going out and connecting with, um, your clients and, you know, their clients and just understanding what are some of the challenges before the RFP hits. I mean, this is just planning before planning, just a pre-planning. So these are the suggestions that I would share. Do you have anything else that you want to share? I'm um, going back to the pre-planning and uh, smartly anticipating uh, what's to come. 
there's, there's different categories. Uh, the importance of networking and putting your feet to the, your ear to the ground would be to know which ones are starting up first. This is a rollout of five years. So which one of these projects, obviously they all have to uh, start somewhere, but which one of these projects and on which stage will they be first rolled out? So I think it's important to get your ears to the ground and understand um, that aspect so you can be more prepared because mm -hmm. that way you are uh, anticipated, you have prepared, you have vetted your team, you have, if you're weak in an area and um, you strengthen that. So it's also, that's why networking is also a very important aspect. Mm -hmm. Great. All right. Well, that's all I got today. I job for me, you and I job for me. I I J A. <laughs> so this is exciting time for everybody, and we should all be really, really excited because this will be a, definitely a drastic change in our industry for the good. We just have to get through it. And I'm sure we'll be talking about it all in the next five years, and hopefully, we see some real results. And you know, absolutely. We'll be probably calling from uh, a nearby new rotor bridge. New rotor bridge. <laughs> In 10 years. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, this has been Melinda. <laughs> and Raphael. <laughs> and this has been Fortis Baseline. Thank you. See ya. sponsors. Do you need to improve your marketing department and don't know where to start? Fortis OBM offers in-person and virtual one-on-one -on -one and group training. Our coaching programs are designed specifically for the marketing department of one and onboarding new team members who are new to the industry. We teach mindset, marketing, and strategy providing immediate value to your company and marketing department. Whether you're struggling to prioritize your marketing initiatives or need help onboarding a new team member, we have the right solutions for you. To learn more, go to www.fortisobm.com.